You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, this is Aileen and this is episode 42 of The Music Room. In this episode, I am going to discuss project-based learning in The Music Room, which is often just called PBL. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm not an expert in this topic, but I have tried out some project-based learning in my music room and have really enjoyed it. So I want to just kind of give you an overview of what PBL is and what it can look like in the music room and give you a couple ideas for some PBLs to try. All right, so let's dig in. Just as far as what my experience is and how I came to learn about PBL, I took an online course and I've read a couple books and some articles and blog posts and I've also listened to a podcast episode or two about PBL and then after doing all that I decided okay I'm going to go ahead and dig into this. So let's start with a couple definitions of PBL in case you're not sure exactly what that means. So I have a couple definitions here. I have a definition from PBL Works, which says that project-based learning, or PBL, is a teaching method in which students learn by actively engaging in real-world and personally meaningful projects. And then the Defined STEM website defines PBL as an instructional methodology that encourages students to learn and apply knowledge and skills through an engaging experience. PBL presents opportunities for deeper learning in context and for the development of important skills tied to college and career readiness. I have learned that project-based learning has some attributes that make it kind of unique and really make it a PBL. So the first attribute that I've learned about with PBL is that there is a driving question, which is kind of like that question, or you might think of it as like an essential question. It's similar to that a question that drives the entire project. And I'll give you a specific example of that in a minute here. There's also an entry event, which could be as simple as, you know, something that you do in class to kind of introduce the project, but it could also be kind of an extravagant thing. I listened to Anne Molesky from Anna Krusik has a podcast episode about PBL. And in her episode, she interviews somebody who's a classroom teacher about PBL. And that classroom teacher gave a funny example of an entry event in which the teachers pretended like zombies were invading the school or something to that effect. So you could go all out and do something really fun and interesting for your entry event, but it could just be something that, you know, starts the project or like an intro to the project. And again, I'll give you some specifics in a minute here. With PBL, you'll have a real life and or community connection. So you have something that makes the project a little bit more real life. You could bring in some experts from the community that are tied to the topic. You'll have integration with other subject areas. So it's not, you know, in the music classroom, it's not just about music. If you're doing a PBL in the math classroom, it's not just about math. There are other subjects that are tied into it or that are integrated into it. And there is a way to share the project with the world. All right, so I'm gonna give you an example of a project that I've done with third grade and then another PBL that I did with fourth grade. Before I dive into those though, I'd like to just kind of give a disclaimer, another disclaimer. You know, I think probably in some classrooms when they do PBL, it's like the only thing they do for quite a while. 
But in the music classroom, you know, I'm only seeing my students once every five days for 50 minutes. It's not very much time. So I want to make sure that I'm still singing with them. I'm still practicing or preparing other concepts with them. So the PBL projects that I do are generally just part of the lesson. So like I said, I see them for 50 minutes. So I might do, you know, singing and literacy and all that good stuff for like 25 or 30 minutes of the lesson. And then the PBL is like 20 or 25 minutes of the lesson or something like that, because I still want to make sure that I'm doing other things with them. I'm still singing with them. We're still playing games, that kind of thing. But then we're diving into PBL. All right. So the first project I'm going to tell you about is for the short film, Mickey Mouse and the Haunted House. I was introduced to this project from a blog post by Midnight Music, and I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. If you're looking for the show notes, you can go to mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and click on podcast and then find episode 42. I'm actually going to turn the podcast episode into a blog post as well. So if you find that blog post, you won't just find, you know, a summary of notes. You'll also find what I'm talking about today in this podcast episode, I'll be fleshing that out into a blog post as well. So with Mickey Mouse and the Haunted House, Midnight Music, in that blog post, she talks about turning this into a project. And really, I think the way that she describes the project, it's really a project is not exactly project-based learning. So I'm going to explain how I would turn that into a PBL specifically. But you could also just do this as a project, and it's a wonderful project. So if we look at this as a PBL, first I'll go ahead and give you an overview of what exactly are doing with this short film. So students in my room had to work in small groups to create a soundtrack for their part of the film. So the film itself does have a soundtrack, but they're actually creating an alternate soundtrack to go with the film using instruments, found sounds, body percussion, voices, pretty much whatever they can find in my room. So I will give you a third disclaimer for this episode that this is a noisy project. As much talking about you know, how we're going to try to do this. So it's not super loud in the room. It was pretty loud. And Katie, who is sometimes on the podcast with me is in the adjoining room. So that's why I kept saying to them, like, boys and girls, just keep in mind, Mrs. Minichi is trying to teach right now. So let's not get too noisy. She still heard them because it's just a noisy project, but it's also such a cool project. So you'll kind of want to think through, can you be super loud. I would not do this project during testing, for example, because a lot of times during testing, you have to be kind of quiet. So anyway, students had to work in small groups to create a soundtrack for their part of the film. And you could also have some improvisation involved where if you don't have the entire film kind of accounted for with these sheets, which I'll talk about in a minute, then you can kind of have certain groups improvise a soundtrack while you're watching it. So basic overview, they're creating music or like a soundtrack or score to go along with the film. Going back to those attributes of PBL that I talked about before, the driving question I think would be like, how are film and music related to each other? Another driving question could be like, how can we create an entertaining soundtrack to go along with a film or something like that? The entry event in my classroom was simply just watching the movie with the original soundtrack. So we watched the movie and discussed you know, what we heard with the soundtrack. So with the soundtrack, we did hear some music, but there were also some sound effects. So we talked about that. The real life slash community connection could be talking to a film composer if you were able to set that up through Skype, or you could also talk to a sound effects specialist. We did not actually get to talk to a 
film composer or sound effects specialist because I simply just didn't have the time. So I think that's something that, you know, you need to give yourself some grace. Go ahead and listen to what I did with the students and do what you can, because sometimes you just have such limited time. And I think that's why sometimes people shy away from big projects like this, because they're afraid they don't have time. But even if you don't have time to do it exactly the way that I'm laying out, you know, it could still be a really valuable experience for your students. As far as integration goes, there was technology integration because I actually embedded the short film into Schoology. For those of you who use Schoology, we also have something called TNG Tube where we can put videos onto TNG Tube so that there aren't any commercials or anything like that. So I put it as a link to TNG Tube in their Schoology so that they had to log into Schoology, find their music course, and then find the short film, and then fast forward to their part of the film so that they could figure out a plan for you know they're part of the score and I think that you know there's a little bit of math because I gave them only a certain part of the film they had to figure out one minute and 50 seconds or wherever their part of the film started you know how to fast forward to that and how much time they had for their part of the score and there's a little bit of science because we had some discussions about how instruments worked or how they created sound. For example, I have a thunder tube, which worked really well for this project. If you have things like a thunder tube or a rain stick or a slide whistle, those are great additions to this project. And so I had a few questions from kids about like, well, how does this instrument work and how does it create sound? And so there was some good integration there for like science of sound. And then as far as a way to share with the world, Last year when I actually just did it with one class last year um, because they were the class that I saw twice every rotation, but I loved the project so much I wanted to make sure I did it with every single class this year. So last year we shared it on Padlet, which is a really cool website where you can share performances and share audio clips and that kind of thing. That's the way that I was using Padlet anyway. There are lots of other ways that you can use Padlet where students are communicating with each other or sharing their thoughts or whatever but we don't have a subscription to Padlet anymore. So I'm going to shortly talk to my principal about how to share, maybe just sending it out as a video link through Dropbox or through Google Drive, or maybe on our elementary Facebook page. I'm gonna talk to him about that because we actually are finishing up the project right now. So how exactly did this work? Like I said, I did this in parts of the lesson, not the whole lesson. In the first lesson, we watched the original film, which was like our entry event. And then I had students find small groups of like maybe four to five people that seemed to work pretty well. They got the storyboard sheets, which are in the blog post that I will link to by Midnight Music. So they each got a sheet for their part of the film and logged into Schoology and started watching the short film if they could. But some students just barely got to log into Schoology and that's all the time we had for. And then in the second lesson, this is where they got into groups again, logged into Schoology and started watching their part of the film and making a plan for what they were going to do. And this was really cool because we had a discussion as a whole group of like, okay, when you get into your small groups, are you just immediately going to get instruments? And they said, no. I said, okay, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to make a plan. Yes. So I even wrote it on the board, like number one plan. Then what are you going to do? Well, we're going to try it out. Great. So I would write two, try it out. Then what are you going to do? Well, we might make some changes. Yeah, you're going to revise. So then we wrote that out, which, you know, I think that they probably have a lot of conversations like this in the general classroom as well. Like, you know, when they're creating some kind of writing. They'll write and then they'll revise and then they'll write and then they'll revise. So this was a cool connection. So there's another integration piece there. And then after they try it out, then they 
reflect and revise again, and then they try it out again. And after the second lesson, in the third lesson, we went through that process again, but then they did their first run through. So then they performed it. And we added that to like our list of steps after we try it out and revise it and try it out and revise it, then we perform for each other. In that run through, what I did is I had all the students sit with their group, I had everyone put their instruments down. And then I figured out where all the groups were. So like on the storyboard sheets, which you can download in that blog post, I actually added times to the storyboard sheets, which are not in that's not the way they are. When you download them, you kind of have to like watch the film and add the times for the students yourself. But then I added like number one to the first storyboard sheet, number two, number three, so on. So then I could say who's group number one, who's group number two, who's group number three. So I knew where they were. And then I explained, you know, when it gets to your part of the film, make sure that you start playing. So I put the film on, but I put it on mute so that we were adding our own score. And then we had our first run through, which is usually a little bit rough and that's okay. And then I had them reflect on what to change. And I also gave them a few suggestions like in the film, Mickey screams a few times. And some of my classes added the scream the first time and some of them didn't. So like you see Mickey screaming, but you don't hear anything. So we talked about like, what could you do there? Well, you could go, "Ah," you know, and you could scream like Mickey. Or there's a part where like the bats are flying through the haunted house and in quite a few classes nobody was doing anything there so we talked about well what could you add there and we we talked about like adding other sound effects like I had some kids asking for paper or asking for like other things in my room to use a piano is also very beneficial to have if you have a piano in your room because there's a part where Mickey Mouse has to play the piano um so we talked about what are some other things you could add to really flush this out And then in the fourth lesson, I let them continue to reflect and revise. And like I said, it does get really noisy. So you'll have like every single group is playing their part along with the film that they're watching on the Chromebook. So I have six Chromebooks in my room, by the way. So each group had their own Chromebook so that they could watch, you know, their part of the film. If you don't have Chromebooks in your room, then you could probably borrow one from the classroom, especially if you're able to borrow some from the classroom teacher whose class you're teaching at that point, because They're probably not using it if they don't have their kids. So, you know, there's each group is very noisily creating music for their part of the film. So like I said, I had to have a few talks with them about doing it quietly and that kind of thing. But then after they tried it out with their group and they had reflected on their first performance, then I had everyone sit back down with their group. And then for the second performance, I actually recorded it on my iPhone or iPad. So when I was recording the second performance, a lot of times was filming the actual film on my Fusonic board. So I was kind of showing what the film looked like, but then I would pan to what the students were playing and then it would pan back to the film and then it would pan back to the students and, you know, so on. And then, so the first time I did this with a class, we actually had 10 minutes left in class. And so I was in my head thinking, okay, like, what do I want to do with them now? Because I didn't think I was going to get through it with them that quickly. So I was like, okay, we could have a discussion about how, when, or connections to the real world or that kind of thing. But then a student asked, can we watch that? Like, can we watch what you just recorded? And I was thinking, well, I'm just recording it to share with parents or whatever. And I realized because I have a ViewSonic board, there's kind of like an Apple TV or like a screen sharing capability. So I was like, yeah, 
I think we can. And I was so excited that I could just go boom, 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 boom. And then they were watching themselves and they were so excited to see themselves up on my big screen in my room, you know? There was so much engagement and excitement with this. I had a third grade boy come up to me and say, Mrs. Miracle, are we going to do more stuff like this throughout the year? And I was like, yeah, I think we are. And he was like, awesome. (laughs) So they were just like, they had so much ownership because they had created it, you know, and then the fact that they were able to watch what they did. And then, like I said, I will share it because I had quite a few kids say, I want to show my parents this. So that was really cool too. So yeah, so just the overview of the project is they're creating a score and you could do it really with any movie, but this one is like a really kid-friendly one. And I started it before Halloween. So it's, you know, you could do it during Halloween if you want, or you don't have to, but it's super fun. All right. So yeah, like I said, I will put the blog post with the storyboard sheets in my blog post. All right, so that was Mickey Mouse and the Haunted House. And then another PBL that I tried last year was with fourth grade, and it's a symphony orchestra PBL in which students had to work individually to choose a theme for a concert. So it's kind of like they were a symphony orchestra manager or an orchestra director where they got to choose a theme for the concert program, and then they got to choose orchestral pieces to put with that theme to to put on their program. And then if they had time, they could create a printed program to go with their theme, and they can also create a YouTube playlist with all their selections. In the show notes, I will link to a set I have on TPT that outlines everything that you need to do for this. And it has all of the packet that you would print out and the playlist and YouTube and all of that good stuff. The driving question for this was how can we create a concert program that's engaging and entertaining? The entry event can simply be like you show the students a video of a symphony orchestra especially if it's kind of like a themed program. The themes that I used were Halloween, Christmas, space, you know, pieces about space, and just like a variety program. And we had the conversation about how sometimes with symphony orchestras, you know, they have a kind of like a themed program. And sometimes it's just a variety of things that they have on their program. But an even better entry event, I didn't get to do this, but I would have loved to, would be to take your students to the symphony. So if you do get to do that in your district, you get to take like, let's say fourth grade to the orchestra, then this would be an awesome project to do after you do that because they've been to the symphony orchestra they can envision it in their head going to the theater and sitting down and you know watching the orchestra and applauding after each piece and all that good stuff the real life or community connection was if you're able to talk to an orchestra director or a symphony manager I think that would be a great community connection this is another one where I didn't get that piece of it but I would have loved to if I had a little bit more time I definitely would add that in the community connection or you know that real life connection that's the part that I think is a little bit tricky. You kind of have to do a little bit of work to find someone to Skype or to find someone to bring into your classroom. But I for sure think it's important and beneficial. So I don't want to give you the idea that because I skipped over it, I don't think it's important. I for sure think it's important. I just have them for such a limited time. I didn't add that in there, but I would like to in the future. I'd like to kind of a lot more time so I can do that. And then with this one, as far as integration goes, Again, there's technology because the students are watching playlist. And in my classroom, it was on TangiTube, but you could do it on YouTube if you have access to YouTube. And then there was definitely some math integration because what the kids did is 
it came up with pieces in their theme that they wanted to program. And then they had to actually add up the minutes and seconds for each piece and figure out, is this between 40 to 50 minutes? Because I told them like, you know, if it's too short, it's going to seem like it's too short. And if it's too long, people are going to get bored. So there was some like division and addition and subtraction going on, which was really cool. And then as far as sharing with the world, last year, because we had Padlet, I had students share their printed programs on Padlet. But you could also have the students, like I said, make a playlist on YouTube, and that could be their way of sharing with the world. So specifically, this is how this PBL worked. For the first lesson, we watched the video of the symphony orchestra. I found a fun video of a Star Wars performance. And uh, I had students choose the theme. Like I said, I used Halloween, Christmas, space, or variety, but you could also add other themes to that. I did actually offer them some themes that were specific to composers, like a Beethoven-themed performance or whatever other composer that you want. But none of my students chose those, so I just kind of didn't do those ones. But, you know, there's plenty of other themes that you could have them pick. So in that first lesson, they chose the theme. And then we had several lessons where for part of my lesson, they had their packet and in the packet, they were writing down, you know, names of pieces that they wanted for their theme. So they were just sitting there on Chromebooks or iPads and they're watching a bunch of different performances and just deciding which pieces they like the best. And then, you know, making note of those. And then after they have their list, then they're adding up the minutes and seconds and you know figuring out what they're going to add or what they're going to take away. And then what's cool about this project is because it's an individual project, you'll have students who get done quicker than others. So there's ways that you can extend. So the students who get done a little bit earlier than others, they can go ahead and start working on their printed programs. And in the set on TPT, I have created some templates in Google Slides where students can just like start inputting the titles of the pieces and the composer and that kind of thing. So that's kind of a cool way to show them how to create a program where they have the title of the piece and then dot, 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 by Beethoven or whatever, you know. So they create a template or create a program in Google Slides, and then they can share that with you. And then if they get done with that, then you could have them start creating playlists in YouTube, which is kind of their way of sharing it with the world. And I did have a part of the project in which I had students like work in small groups to kind of go over with their group some of the pieces, like their theme, and then some of the pieces that they had chosen and why they had chosen it. And I just felt like the students really enjoyed this. They liked having that ownership of creating their own program, and it really gave them a lot of exposure to different pieces of music, which I wouldn't have been able to give them otherwise, you know, Um, but they were choosing it themselves, which was really cool. So again, I can link to that set on TPT. All right, so what do you do if you want to get started with PBL? I would say just try one out. Like if one of the projects in this podcast episode sounds interesting to you, just try it and it's gonna be messy. (laughs) So I'm not gonna lie, it is a little bit messy and especially that first one is loud, but I think it's something that I think kind of makes people hesitate with PBL, but it's also what makes it so awesome is that it's not this really clear cut thing. It's kind of messy, but the kids are 
just so engaged. And because there's that real world piece and they have so much ownership, you know, there's just a lot of excitement about what you're doing. Some good resources for PBL. I'm going to link to that podcast episode by Anna Krusek. There's also a free PBL planning guide by April Smith and her TPT store name is Performing and Education. And she also has a blog that has a lot of PBL resources on it. So I will link to that free planning guide. And then there is a book that I actually have not read, but I've read other books from this series that were excellent. It's like the Hacking Education series. So there's a book called Hacking Project-Based Learning by Ross Cooper and Aaron Murphy that I'm actually going to check out that I think looks like a really great resource for PBL. So I hope that's been helpful for you as you are planning your first or maybe second or third PBL for the music room. All right, so let's talk about what I'm consuming. All right, so I just started listening to a new podcast. I had actually listened to a podcast called Bad Batch, which was about stem cell therapies, which was really interesting. And it was when I was listening to that podcast that I found out about this new podcast called Imagined Life, which is also by Wondery. I find that anything by Wondery seems to be really, really good um, for those of you who listen to podcasts. So The idea of Imagine Life is they take like a well-known person, like a celebrity, could be a musician or a writer or someone like an entrepreneur who's famous, and they take their life and kind of give you their life story before they became famous, but you don't know who they are. They don't tell you at the beginning, this is about so-and-so. They tell it kind of like in first person, like, you know, you're at your college graduation and you're feeling a little bit sad or whatever. Like, you know, they kind of tell it like that and they give you kind of clues along the way but at first they're pretty small clues and then it depends on how well you know the person if it's someone that you don't know very well you might not figure it out until the very end right before they tell you or when they tell you but if it's someone whose work you're more familiar with then you'll probably figure it out sooner than that I just listened to one on the way home today and I figured it out about halfway through the podcast episode who it was because it's someone that I really admire and love I didn't know right away who it was, but about halfway through, I figured it out and I don't want to give it away, but it's someone whose work I love so much that I was actually like crying tears of joy listening to the story because it was just like so profound to me to hear what she went through because she went through a lot before she had her success. So um, I definitely recommend that if you enjoy listening to podcasts, which if you're listening to this, then you probably do enjoy listening to podcasts. So it's called Imagined Life. Thank you again so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe in iTunes if you haven't already. Pretty soon on the podcast, I am going to be interviewing my friend, Debbie O'Shea, who I got to know when I was in Australia about classroom management. So I'm really excited to talk to her. I've been to her classroom and I know firsthand that she's got fabulous classroom management. So make sure to subscribe so that you can hear the podcast episodes as they hit the airwaves. And I transferred my entire blog to WordPress. So if you go to my blog at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com, it's going to look a little bit different than it used to. Hopefully it's more functional than it was before. I'm really excited about it. So make sure to check that out too. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.